Greetings, Blind Faith Podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Craig C. Edgley Jr., and the title of our episode for today is going to be God's Messiah for Christmas. God's Messiah for Christmas. Our scripture for this episode is going to be found in the book of Exodus, beginning at the third chapter, the fifth and the sixth verse, and it reads, Do not come any closer, God said, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. If it be the will of God for a moment, I just want to talk about from the subject, God's Messiah for Christmas. So when we think of uh, the Jewish Messiah, this, this, this promised Messiah, we think of a promised deliverer. We think of a promised savior for the Jewish people. Uh, all throughout the Old Testament, they spoke of this promised Messiah, this, this, this promised Messiah from God is what gave them hope in the midst of their troubles, in the midst of their uh, discouraging times and circumstances, in the midst of their oppression, in the midst of enslavement from the Egyptian people. One thing that gave them hope that, that, that they could hang their hat on was that God promised them that he would send them deliverance. He promised them that he would send them a deliverer. Uh, a, a deliverer. <clears throat> this promise of a messianic deliverer is what gave them courage to keep on going. It's what gave them hope to keep on fighting. And the, mess the Messiah of the Jews is the Christ of the Christians. The Messiah was the one who was promised. The Christ is the anointed deliverer who is. And so the transition from the promised Messiah of the Jews into the Christian, or the Christ of the Christians, what distinguishes these two transitional periods of B.C. and A.D. is Jesus Christ and his birth on Christmas. So the title of our lesson is A Messiah for Christmas because up until Christmas, he was the promised Messiah, the one who for, was foretold through Jewish prophecy years and years ago in B.C. And now he has become our Christ, the one who is, the one who lived, the one who is going to return. And so... As we get into our text, the first thing that I see is Moses, and he has fled from the Egyptians. He is in a desert land. He, uh, he sees this burning bush, and he has this encounter with God. And when he is having this encounter with God, we get to the third chapter and the fifth verse, and the first thing that God says to him is, don't come any closer. 
Now, when I come home from work on a long, hard day, um, as an individual with blindness, oftentimes I, I'm tapping my cane along the sidewalk, uh, making it to the door. And, and before I can even get to the door, my daughters hear my cane tapping. They hear my voice speaking. And before I can even touch the door, they're already opening the door to embrace their father, uh, to embrace the one who they know loves them, to embrace the one who they knows would defend them and protect them, to embrace the one who they know pro uh, provides for them. And, and, and so when you find God, there ought to be something in you that wants to embrace him. There ought to be something in you that desires to be close to him. There ought to be something in you that, that desires to, 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 to hold on to him, to, to, to look at him, to grab him, and to never let him go. And it has to be discouraging to hear from God. Don't come any closer. What is it that separates us? from God? What is it that prevents us from getting close to God? Well, it's our sins and our iniquities. It's our sinful human nature that separates us from God that will not allow God to, to come to us and will not allow us to come to God. There is a division between God and humanity because of sin. Because of our sinful nature and our iniquities, we separated from God. We all have sinned and fallen short of God. And, and the scripture says that goes as far as to say, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Well, you have to have clean hands. And not only do you have to have clean hands on the outside, but you also have to have a pure heart. Which means that, that in order to stand in the holy place of God, in order to get close to God, we have to find a way to get our hands clean. And we have to find a way to get our heart clean. And we cannot get close to God with an unclean heart. And we cannot get close to God with an impure, with, with, with impurity in our heart and with unclean hands. And so the scripture also says that if we want to stand in the holy place of God, if we want to ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place, we cannot have lifted our souls up to vanity and we cannot have sworn deceitfully. And, 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 and all of us look at these scriptures and we say, man, we have to have clean hands and a pure heart in order to get close to God. We, we have to have not have lifted up our soul into vanity and, and sworn deceitfully. This is a tough cookie to crack. But the scripture goes on in the New Testament to say that there is nothing that can separate us from God, from God's love, which can be found in Christ Jesus. So what are you saying, preacher? Well, the first thing that I would like to share with you and the reason why I present to you God's Messiah for Christmas it's because it's in God's Messiah, it's in Christ, that we can get connected to God's love. Because nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ.
And so the Christ of Christmas, Christ, Christ must birth. The birth of Christ on Christmas symbolizes that God's love has been made available to mankind through the person of Jesus Christ. So that's the first tidbit that I want to share on Christmas is that we can find that closeness that we desire to have with God in Christ. And the second thing that I want to share is the Lord calls out to Moses, you must take off those shoes. You must take off those shoes. So the custom and the tradition of taking off your shoes goes way back to Middle Eastern times. It's an Asian tradition. It's a Middle Eastern tradition. It's a tradition that some even practice here in the United States of America. And the ideology of taking off your shoes before you enter someone's home is that you might find bacteria, viruses, all kinds of germs and parasites on the person's feet because wherever the person has been, wherever the person has trodden, they have developed and built up bacteria, germs, viruses, and dirt on their feet. And before you enter someone's house, it is a custom of respect. It is a custom of reverence to take off your shoes so that you don't track the dirt and the viruses and the germs and the bacteria and everything that your feet have trodden in into the sacred of the individual's home. And so God calls out to Moses. He says, take off those shoes. Beloved, can you hear God calling out to us as we get ready to go into Christmas Day? Maybe it's time that we take off those shoes. We've worn these shoes when we've committed sinful acts against God within ourselves. We've worn these shoes when we've committed sinful acts against God to others. And most importantly, we've worn these shoes when we've committed sinful acts against God. We've engaged in religious sins. We've engaged in sexual sins. We, we've engaged in sins against the person of our brothers and our sisters. And as we've committed these sins, we've taken these shoes everywhere that we've gone. And now we've accumulated all of this dirt, all of this sin, all of this, these, these germs, these bacteria, these viruses that we've accumulated because of the places that we've walked through. And now we're getting ready to come into this holy place into this holy space where we want to encounter God and embrace God. And in order for us to encounter and embrace God, we've got to take off these shoes. What is it about these shoes? In, 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 shoes are easy to take off. So why is it that God has to instruct Moses when he comes into his presence to take off his shoes? Well, maybe it's because we have become ignorant to the uncleanness that is present on our shoes. Maybe we've become numb, uh, uh, desensitized to the uncleanness 
that is present on our shoes, maybe we just not even aware of it at all. Whatever the case may be, that which is unholy cannot touch that which is holy. That which is unclean cannot come next to that which is clean. That which has been defiled cannot come next to that which is undefiled. And, and, and in order for man to come to God, there are some things that we have to take off. And we have to be willing to untie our sandals and take off our shoes. In, in, in those days, it would have been some kind of an animal hide uh, uh, with ties that you can tie up your shoe around your ankle so that they don't come off. In our days, we have boots and heels and, 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 and sneakers and, and loafers and whatever kind of shoes we have. But everywhere that we've gone, our shoes have gone with us. And so when we've engaged in the sins that we've committed against God, when we've engaged in the sins that we've committed in our own bodies, when we've engaged in these sins, all kinds of sins, sexual sins, immoral sins, religious sins, uh, 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 abuse of sins towards our brethren. We've taken our shoes with us and our shoes have walked with us and our shoes are unclean. And when we come into the presence of God, if we really truly want to experience this Christmas season the way that God intended for us to experience it so that we can embrace this holy infant that was born to us, we've got to be willing to take off our shoes because God wants to bring us into a holy place. God wants to bring us into the most holy place. God wants to bring us into his sacred sanctuary. God wants us to come into his presence. But we've got to be willing to take off the shoes that we've been using. To walk around in our sinful places. I want to jump past a point and then I'll come back to it. But the third point that I want to make is Moses turns his face away from God. He, he looks down and, and, and it, it's a natural response. He doesn't have a ton of theology at this point. He has not studied Jewish law uh, uh, at this point. Uh, there, there is no Torah for him to read. There is no, uh, he hasn't had very he hasn't had any encounters previously with God, and, and, but it's a natural response in the presence of God as a human being to turn your face away from the holiness and the glory of God. Because no man can see God's face and live. No man in his humanity, no man in his sinful nature, no man in his human state can see God's face and live. And so when we come into the presence of God, we must turn our face down to the ground. This is why oftentimes when we pray, we kneel down and we close our eyes because when God shows up and, and we expecting God to show up, we have a... a, a embedded deep within our DNA and within our traditions that no man can see God's face and live. And so when we want God to show up, we turn our faces down and we, we close our eyes and we bow our heads because we understand that the glory of God and the holiness of God, no man can see God's face and live. But then the scripture tells us With that being said, we need to become a generation of people 
that seek God's face. Well, preacher, you just told me that no man can see God's face and live. And yet we need to become a generation of people who seeks God's face, who seeks thy face, O Jacob. We need to become a generation of people who seeks God's face. And yet no man can see God's face and live. And so how do we merge these two gaps? If no man can see God's face and live, and yet we need to become a generation of people who seeks God's face, who seeks thy face, O Jacob, then how do we merge the gaps between us not being able to see God's face and us being a generation of those who seek his face? And the answer is Christmas. We desire that the face of God shines upon us. Yet no man can see God's face and live. We need to be a generation of those who seeks God's face. And yet no man can see God's face and live. But we can see God's face in the face of Christ. And so the next miracle that happens on Christmas morning is that Mankind has an opportunity to see the face of God in the face of the baby Jesus. We have an opportunity to see God's face. This, this opportunity that Moses was dying to see. Moses said, God, show me your glory. God, I want to see your glory. God, I want to see your face. And, and, and yet Moses never had an opportunity to see the face of God. The most God could do for him is hide him in the cleft of a rock, pass over him and allow him to see his back. And we have an opportunity because of Christmas to see the face of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, beloved, as I come to a close on this brief Christmas message, how shall we how shall we ascend the hill of the Lord? How shall we stand in His holy place? Well, beloved, in our humanity, we can't. But as I come to a close on this Christmas message, I want you to know that you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be defeated. We can't ascend the hill of the Lord and we can't stand in his holy place in our humanity. But I'm so glad that in his deity, because we could not ascend the hill of the Lord and because we could not stand in his holy place, he came down from his holy place, he descended the hill of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He came down to meet us because we could not ascend to the hill of the Lord and we could not stand in his holy place. So he came down in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the holiness of God. Jesus is the holy place in which we can take refuge. Jesus is the holy place in which we can stand in. We have confidence to enter the holy place of God, not because we've been so good, not because we've had clean hands, not because we've had a pure heart in our own efforts, in our own uh, 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 
religious efforts to try to keep the, uh, the law of God, but because we've been washed in the blood of the lamb, because the Christmas baby came down from heaven, he was born of a virgin, he lied in the manger, he labored and ministered for 30 plus three years, and it's his death and his sacrifice on the cross and his blood that shed that we have been cleaned and our hands have been made clean, that we have been purified and our hearts have been made pure, not because of our efforts or because of our works, but Merry Christmas. The baby that was born on Christmas, the Son of God, it's his blood that has cleaned our hands. It's his blood that has purified our hearts. It's his blood and his righteousness that has allowed us to be able to ascend the hill of the Lord and now stand in his holy place one day. Jesus has made God known to humanity. We weren't able to know God in our sinful nature. We weren't able to know God in our sin. We weren't able to know God in our iniquities. And yet Christ came down and made God available to us. And, 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 and it's in Christ that God is available. It's in Christ that God is accessible. And so while we have the trees lit up and while the cookies are baking in the oven and, 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 and while we're streaming lights around the house, understand that it's not about the lights. It's not about the cookies. It's not about uh, the decorations. It's about God being made available to man Christ through the promised Messiah, through Christ, the anointed one. When man could not ascend the mountain to stand in the holy place of God in our own efforts. God became man and came down and made himself available to us through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. God came down to stand with us Jesus took on our sins and gave us his righteousness. And when he took on our sins and gave us his righteousness, he gave us an opportunity in him to ascend the hill of the Lord and have access to the God of all creation to the God who created us in our mother's womb. Because of Jesus, we have the availability to go to God. We have access to the God of all creation. We have access to the Holy Spirit. We have access by faith in Christ and by his blood to enter into the most holiest of holy, to enter into the holy place of God, and to one day see the face of him who we so diligently seek. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you is my prayer. Merry Christmas, beloved. Thank you for Jesus.